This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays, wherever you may be across this great country and this great land. Um, I'm on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then I am headed down to Key West, and then I'm going to be out in Park City, Utah for much of the rest of the year, so not a lot of these. We'll be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then we'll be back after the first of the year at some point, so uh, just giving all of you a heads up on where we are headed here, right off the top. Um, I want all of you... uh, to pray for Mike Leach and his family as Mike Leach is dealing with an incredibly difficult health condition. Uh, Heart attack is currently in a Jackson, Mississippi hospital. Uh, His family is traveling there to be with him. Um, And I I just have to tell you, uh, Mike Leach is fantastic. I really have grown to greatly appreciate Mike Leach and what he has meant to college football. He's been on a lot of our OutKick programs over the years. Uh, He's a friend. I would consider him to be a friend. Uh, He's been unfailingly interesting, fantastic in all respects in my experience in dealing with him. Uh, He's had a tremendous impact on college football in general, but... For those of you who may not be that familiar with OutKick content for a long time, during COVID, Mike Leach wanted to just come on and talk about the Tiger King with me. So there is still a long-form podcast up as a part of the wins and losses conversation where Mike Leach just talks with me about the Tiger King episodes. Uh, I believe we have a long-form discussion with Mike Leach that I think you guys will love all about how his career developed. He ended up doing what he does. Uh, He's just fantastic. And last year, I went to Key West for the first time. And I asked Mike Leach, I said, hey, I know you've spent, he loved Key West. He had a place there. uh, And he spent a great deal of time in Key West. And I said, hey, coach, I'm going to be down. Uh, My wife and I are going to Key Key West for a while. What recommendations do you have for me? He sent me, I'm not kidding, like two pages worth of restaurant suggestions, worth of uh, telling me places I had to go. If I was going to go out fishing, the fishing boat captain that I had to get in touch with. And he followed up uh, to make sure that I was having a good time and I was just texting with him right after the Egg Bowl. Uh, told him congrats. Told him that I was going to be down in Key West again. And that I was hopeful that he would be able to spend a few days down there. He was waiting to see what bowl assignment Mississippi State was going to get. That was the last time that I had texted with him. Um, and I just have to tell you, I mean, I had him on back in 3HL days. Uh, we had him on the show. Uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to go out and spend time with him uh, over the years. 
And he is just, he's been a big OutKick fan for a long time. He's a fantastic guy and, uh, and he's a friend. And so this is devastating news. He's 61 years old, not that old in the grand scheme of things. He had been unhealthy during the course of <laughs> this college football season. Um, and, you know, for all of you out there who are dealing with loved ones, uh, lost loved ones around the holiday season, this can be among the most difficult of times because you have those nostalgic memories of so many people that you've loved that are no longer with you and your family. And, uh, and I would just ask you to, to, to hold Mike Leach and his family in your hearts uh, and pray for them uh, to the best of your ability as, uh, as they are going through a very di- difficult time. And all I can tell you is Mike Leach was a friend, is a friend, is a phenomenal uh, person, and always been super interesting and one of the reasons why so many of us love college football as much as we do. And I've kind of talked about this some before, but you guys know. I mean, I grew up a huge University of Tennessee fan, but what I do means that I get to meet a lot. I'm very fortunate. I get to meet a lot of coaches and a lot of players, both past and present, who have represented so many different teams and so many different uh, eras. And what you end up, in at least my experience, finding is, man, there are so many great people that have been involved in the world of college football. And that's why we love the sport, those of us who do love the sport. And I certainly love college football more than any other sport in America. Those of us who truly love the sport of college football, um, Mike Leach and people like Mike Leach, are the reason that we love college football. And so uh, I know there's a lot of people with uh, relationships with Mike Leach all over college football. He's just a genuinely good dude, fantastic person, who has been instrumental in bringing an exciting exciting era of college football to so many different programs, whether it's Lincoln Riley, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury, whether they're just uh, Dana Holgerson. There are so many people that you could run through and say, this guy, Josh Heupel, this guy has had an influence on the way that the sport evolves in an offensive fashion in a way that very few have, whether it's at Texas Tech, whether it's at Washington State also in his time so far at, at Mississippi State. And I would just say the question, and I've talked about this with, uh, with Mike Leach. I remember he had a great line. He said, you know, some schools you recruit and some schools you invite. And one of the things Mike Leach said was, I've always wanted to be a head coach at a school where you can invite people. Um, He never did uh, so far. Texas Tech, Washington State, and uh, and Mississippi State are not schools where, you know, his example was when you tell them, hey, you can come here, they come chasing you. Uh, You have to recruit at all those places. And he had a great deal of success at Washington State, at Texas Tech, and at Mississippi State most recently in the Egg Bowl, getting the win over Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And uh, again, I would just say beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that my prayers are with the Leach family, uh, that Mike Leach, a fantastic uh, individual who has been instrumental in why so many of us love college football, and I'm wishing him and his loved ones the absolute best. And I wanted to make sure that I started off the show uh, – telling you how much Mike Leach has meant to me personally, uh, to uh, our OutKick family, and also to the larger 
college football community as a whole. He's a gem. Um, and uh, I wish the best to he, he and his family. Uh, okay. Um, serious story. As uh, in the last hour or so, there has been a fifth revelation of the Twitter files, as they are being called, inside of Twitter involving Elon Musk and his uh, and his team. Uh, Barry Weiss uh, is the latest person to be revealing these details, and today's revelations have to do with Donald Trump's suspension from Twitter. And in particular, there are several things that are very interesting about today's revelation. First of all, based on the sharing of all these internal communications, you see what many of us have argued for a long time was true, which is Donald Trump did not violate Twitter's terms of service and there was no actual justification to ban him from Twitter. That is number one. That is what all of these documents that they are sharing show that Twitter recognized, essentially, that there was no justification to ban Donald Trump. Number two, what you recognize is this Twitter bureaucracy was far left-wing in nature, and they were working in concert with far left-wing Democrat operatives to attack Republicans, conservatives, people who were just a little bit to the right of center. Twitter was a far left-wing organization. Um, And I want to discuss a couple of things that I screenshotted from this sharing. One of the things that has come out from the Twitter files is, and I'm reading from Barry Weiss, there were dissenters inside Twitter. Maybe because I'm from China, said one employee on January 7th, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. But these dissenters were in an extreme minority and they were shouted down by the far left wing um, agents, uh, bureaucrats inside of Twitter. And I think this is significant because there's been this obsession, diversity and inclusion, Diversity and inclusion. You hear it all the time. Twitter was a diverse, I'm betting, company, but everybody had the same idea. So what Twitter cared about and what many left-wing organizations care about is they want cosmetic diversity, but they want intellectual sameness. In other words, everybody needs to have the same opinion, but they can look different because it gives the cloak of diversity. It's only cosmetic. It's not intellectual diversity. What you see from inside of these Twitter files is what needs to be occurring is intellectual diversity. Because if Twitter's bureaucracy had been 50% Republicans and 50% Democrats, or 40% or 33-33-33, with 33% of people saying they're independents, you wouldn't have had the result that you did, which is Twitter banning Donald Trump. So this is important, and I don't think it receives enough attention. Intellectual diversity is far more important than cosmetic diversity. Why does it matter if people look different but all think the same 
that doesn't help you reach a better result. And make no mistake, there is no way to justify the decision to ban Donald Trump. And I have to give credit. Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, uh, Angela Merkel in charge of Germany, uh, from inside of Russia, the uh, Russian dissident who is currently in prison, they all spoke out against this. Benjamin Netanyahu, there are many different leaders. We just had Netanyahu on the program. There are many different leaders who were opposed to this idea, who spoke out in real time. Very few, unfortunately, people of sound mind on the Democrat side were willing to speak up here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And look, this is all private deliberations. One of the things that I would say would make a lot of sense for Elon Musk as he goes forward is I think there needs to be a Twitter, almost Supreme Court. Let me explain what I mean by this idea of a Twitter Supreme Court. You could have, again, 33% Democrats, 33% Republicans, 33% independents, however you want to classify it. But what you need is someone who will stand on principle and precedent. And what Barry Weiss does a really good job of laying out here, I believe, is the fact that there was no consistency of principle applied. The Ayatollah of Iran could come out and say, hey, we've got to crush the Jews and the Israel state. Nothing happens to him. There were actual uh, calls for violence, explicit calls for violence. The Taliban, from all, for heaven's sakes, has a Twitter account. None of them got banned. But Donald Trump did. If there were going to be a banning process, and I'm not in favor of it, because I think if you're an elected official, we should want more of your speech. Because again, I'm not sure that Trump benefits at all from having a Twitter account. But if we believe in democracy, we should want our elected leaders to speak as frequently as possible so we can judge them on all of their opinions. But what I would suggest is that Twitter, under Elon Musk, put in place a Supreme Court of Twitter to review the decision-making that is going on inside of Twitter and make it, maybe you have to have a unanimous decision in order for someone to be banned so Democrats, Republicans, and Independents can all agree on what the precedents that are being set are and those debates should occur in the light of day, almost like Supreme Court cases. You have these people who are in charge of making decisions on Twitter have a public trial have a real discussion about the choices that are being made there in the light of day so that those arguments and those precedents can be applied more freely and more consistently in the future. Okay, that's important. The other thing I would say here is, talking about intellectual diversity of thought and opinion, another thing that I pulled out of the, uh, pulled out of the mix here and shared on my Twitter account was the degree to which Twitter had decided that uh, that Donald Trump 
was Hitler. When they finally made the decision to ban him, and this is significant, I want you uh, to read. This is uh, number 28 in today's Twitter revelation. Members of the team came to, quote, view him, meaning Trump, as the leader of a terrorist group responsible for violence and deaths, comparable to the Christchurch shooter or Hitler, and on that basis and on the totality of his tweets, he should be deplatformed. So this is the logical next step uh, as it pertains to, again, words becoming violence. The Christchurch shooter in New Zealand killed many people. Hitler, obviously, was directly responsible for millions of deaths. Yet, Donald Trump, based on the tweets that he was sending, they decided was the equivalent of that. That is the next step, arguing that words are violence, and that, to me, is what the Twitter bureaucracy came to believe. Now, a couple of other things. There are lots of discussions about some of these Twitter individuals having their names shared publicly. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. If you are in this kind of position of power and you are making decisions about who can and who cannot use your platform, then your name should be discussed and your potential biases should be acknowledged and examined. That's 100% valid. I don't have any problem with that at all. You are in the public arena. You're in the public sphere. If you're in a position like that and you call Trump supporters Nazis, well, I think that could color whether you're being unbiased in the way that, for instance, you are applying your, uh, your powers on the Twitter platform. I think that matters to a large extent. I think that is significant. I also believe that as you, as you analyze this decision to ban Trump, we have to spend more time, I really think, praising Elon Musk for what he has been willing to do and what he has been willing to say. And I, I think this is, this is really important um, because Elon Musk tweeted the other day, and I think I grabbed this, and I want you to see it. He said his pronouns are fire Fauci. First of all, or, 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 or prosecute Fauci. And I agree with Elon Musk on that. Sorry, prosecute Fauci. And then he was said to someone said, oh, this is really unacceptable tweet by you. And Musk responded, I strongly disagree. Forcing your pronouns upon others when they didn't ask and implicitly ostracizing those who don't is neither good nor kind to anyone. As for Fauci, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Not awesome, in my opinion. Well said by, uh, by uh, Elon Musk. And I agree. Look, Elon Musk could have easily stayed out of the line of fire. He's already reinvented the combustion engine. Uh, he is already sending spaceships to space better than NASA. He's boring holes in the in tunnels so that he can send things all over. He wants to make uh, humans an interplanet uh, interplanetary species, meaning we can live on multiple places in the event of catastrophe here. Um, and yet he's decided that breaking the woke mind virus is so important that he's willing to put $44 billion on the line and step into the public arena 
and take the slings and arrows of derision that come for standing up for the First Amendment. And this is important. History teaches, and I'm a history nerd, history teaches us time after time after time that those who stand up in favor of free speech, those who oppose the curtailment of speech, are always on the right side of history. Okay? Never are the censors or the book burners on the right side of history in the end. They might look like they're on the right side of history for a short period of time, but the woke virus is about censorship. It's about restricting the marketplace of ideas, not allowing people to say what they really believe. This is a big part of the book that I am writing right now, which will be out in September. I'm spending a lot of time thinking about it, and this is massively important. It would have been easy for Elon Musk to decide that he didn't want to get involved in this battle. But all of the battles that Elon is fighting, in his opinion, are about the future of humanity. And that is having, that's why he has the electric vehicles. That's why he's trying to make us a multi-planetary spe- planetary species. And it's why he's fighting battles for free speech and just consistent application of rules. I think Elon's heroic right now. I really do. Uh, because so many times, and what I do, I will hear from people who have more money than they could ever spend in their life, and they will say, I agree with everything you're seeing, saying, Clay. God bless you, but I could never say it in public myself. And I always think, well, first of all, it's always great to hear that somebody agrees with what I'm saying, so I don't begrudge that, and I appreciate it. But I got a relatively small amount of FU money compared to a lot of people in this country, and I was saying exactly what I thought before I had FU money. You can argue the reason I have FU money is because I've just continued to say exactly what I think, no matter what the consequences are. But there are a lot of people who agree with everything that Elon Musk is saying that are hiding. And I don't think we can underrate how difficult it's going to be to sweep out this woke mind virus because it requires a lot of people acknowledging that they've been wrong. And it's hard to get people to acknowledge that they've been wrong. All you have to do is pay attention to everything Dr. Fauci has said. He's been proven wrong on virtually every issue with COVID. And there's still a lot of people who want to argue that he's a hero. I think he's a felon, obviously, uh, based on the evidence. Um, so I'm still waiting for what I think are going to be the most explosive revelations from inside of Twitter, which is going to be the concerted effort, the collusion between the Biden administration and Twitter and big tech companies writ large over what could and could not be said and the attempted and successful censorship of all the White House's political enemies on social media. Um, Another one other story that's out there that I think is worth paying attention to right now, Joe Manchin has given some quotes uh, and this is uh, this is important in terms of the way that it uh, that it is being covered. Joe Manchin has said, uh, "Well, sorry, let me get let me hit this first. Uh, ABC, CBS, and NBC have combined to cover the Twitter file story a total of one time. This is why we need primetime hearings because what a lot of you recognize who watch this is we have a fundamentally dishonest media." ABC, CBS, NBC, The Washington Post, The New York Times, uh, MSNBC, CNN, they aren't going to cover the Twitter files, honestly, because they are the bad guys in this story. And slowly, that is dawning on them 
that they were the censorious uh, individuals, that their entities were colluding with big government, that we had effectively a totalitarian regime, Democrats and their allies in big media, plus their allies in big tech, colluded to keep the truth from being shared with the larger American public. But I also want to talk about this, which is one reason why Joe Manchin is contemplating bailing. Uh, uh, Joe Manchin was asked if he may become an independent like Cinema did. He said, I'll look at all those things. I, uh, I've always looked at all those things, but I have no intention of doing anything right now. Whether I do something later, I can't tell you what the future is going to bring. That is West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin. He also said, I'm not a Washington Democrat. I don't know what else to tell you. And if a Washington is independent is, we'll see what happens there. We'll have to look. People are registering more for independent than any other party affiliation. They're sick and tired of it. Uh, and so Joe Manchin, as I have told you, his time with the Democrat Party is short in the future. I believe ultimately what he is going to end up doing, I really do believe this, uh, is I think if Democrats had lost the Senate, Joe Manchin already would have walked. He knows he has no chance of winning re-election as a Democrat. I think at some point he'll either be an independent uh, or he will announce he is going to retire and not continue any further. Uh, fine, let me get you with some NFL results to finish off today's show. Then I got to go work uh, more on uh, tonight's book, uh, tonight's book, this year's book, which will be out next year. Uh, we've got the Patriots going up against the Cardinals tonight. I'd probably take the Cardinals in this game. I don't feel good about the Patriots either final game. Uh, but look, the Bengals continue to be on a run. Uh, they took down the Jets. Uh, we've got the Cowboys coming back. Sorry, Texans fans beating them down. Going to give you a sentence basically on each result. Lions on a roll, 5-1 and one in their last six. Uh, the uh, Dan Campbell era. There's a lot of good momentum inside of the Lions. They took down the Vikings. Jags whipped the Titans. Titans turned the ball over four times. Titans have lost three games in a row. Uh, this was an opportunity at home for the Titans to effectively end the AFC South race. Instead, they lost. Uh, and as a result, the Jags still kind of floating around out there on the periphery. They'd probably have to win the rest of their games. Uh, and the Titans would basically have to lose almost the rest of theirs, considering that the Texans are still out there. Uh, the Eagles got past uh, the Giants. Um, and uh, obviously, this was a uh, big beatdown from the Eagles, who are the best team right now in football. Ravens managed to hold on against the Steelers. Chiefs got up 27-0, got that lead cut, and then held on to beat the Broncos. Broncos officially eliminated. Uh, and we've got the 49ers blowing out the Bucks. I thought it was wild uh, when I saw this uh, result uh, was that uh, was that we ended up in this situation where the uh, 49ers had a player getting an autograph on the football that he picked off from Tom Brady. Obviously, the Bucks still likely to win the NFC South and host a home playoff game, but they're not playing very well right now either. Um, and the Panthers get the win over the Seahawks as well as the Chargers outlasting the Dolphins. There's been a lot of Tua and Justin Herbert debates. Personally, I like Tua. I think Tua has been maligned unfairly, but I think Justin Herbert is an incredible talent and has done uh, fantastically well. So I appreciate all of you. I look forward to further revelations about Dr. Fauci's criminal behavior in my opinion. 
uh, and I appreciate everything that Elon Musk is doing to bring truth uh, to what is often an insane world. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I'm Clay Travis. This has been OutKick, the show.